Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Goodyear Hotline going to be busy today. Eddie Johnson jumps in on the finals. Paul O'Neill with baseball conversation. And we've got ourselves a series after an instant classic in Milwaukee with a play for the ages by Giannis. Plus, we have unsolicited advice for all coaches. And one member of the hashtag crew is in big trouble. I don't yet know which one. All that and more. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. For him to have the agility, mobility, and hostility to go up there and block at the rim, that's a special, special play. Lift it for the rim. Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I can't stop watching it. I can't stop watching that play. That play by Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life watching basketball. Now, I'm not going to start comparing it to other great legendary plays that won championships because this one may not. It was just game four of a finals in which his team is down two games to one. But it did come preserving a two-point lead with a minute and change left. And if they do wind up winning the championship... It will be the reason they did. Because if they lose that game last night, if DeAndre Ayton dunks on them last night, they may very well lose. And if they do, that series is over. No way they're beating Phoenix twice in in their building in the next week and a half. So that is a play that may wind up winning a championship. It certainly keeps alive a team's chances. And it is so spectacular, I I can't stop watching it. So let me tell you the things I've seen as I watch that play. Devin Booker is coming around, and PJ, he has got P.J. Tucker beat. He is, Devin Booker, if no one comes over, is going to get to the basket unobstructed. And so Giannis comes over, and he is shading that screen. And he single-handedly stops Booker. He, he stops Booker. He plays that perfectly. Booker says, okay, I did my job. I drew the big. I'm throwing the ball up in the air, and DeAndre Ayton is going to throw it down. This is going to be the easiest bucket we've had all night. And I don't know how many other players in NBA history would have the size and the agility to recover as quickly as Giannis does, spin his entire body around, find the ball, find the man, get up over the cylinder, and block that shot clean. The more times I watch it, and Kendrick Perkins said it on TV this morning, he guarded the entire action. There was a screen and roll and a dive to the basket, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo guarded all of it. No one else did. Nobody bumped Aiton, which they're supposed to do. He's not supposed to get that unobstructed run to the hole. No one is stopping. P.J. Tucker does not have Booker squared up. Booker has him absolutely dead to rights. He's going to go to the basket. Giannis covers them both in the span of about two seconds and makes one of the most gorgeous, spectacular plays I've ever seen. And I really do believe if they win the championship, it is one of those that's going to live forever. Now, Hembo and I were trying to figure out, like, you don't generally have a list of great blocks in NBA history. You've got a list of great dunks. You've Mm -hmm. got a great list of big shots. You've got, you know, Jordan over Elo and Ray Allen's three and all these legendary shots. The legendary defensive plays in NBA history, there aren't that many. Havlicek stole the ball, comes immediately to mind. LeBron chasing down Andre Iguodala in game seven in 20, whatever that was, 16. That, I think, is the most famous one, and it wins them a championship in Cleveland. But I think as far as just the spectacular nature of the play, I think this is better. 
I'm not going to say it is a greater play than the one that LeBron made, but I, I think it is actually a more, the degree of difficulty of what Giannis did. I mean, Hembo, I'm looking right at you. Do you agree? I think the degree of difficulty of what he did last night is greater than what LeBron did on the chase down block. I've never seen before someone defend the alley and the, the alley and the oop. That's exactly he right. He did both. And he did both. He jumped off of one foot and blocked a shot 11 feet off the ground. There's no one else in the world that could do that. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And so all of that begat the really stupid conversation on Get Up this morning about who was Batman and who was Robin on this team. It takes over because Kendrick Perkins has continued to say he believes that Chris Middleton is the Batman on that team and Giannis is the Robin. And if you take that the way I think most people take it, which is to say that Middleton is the better player, he's the more important player because Batman is better and more important than Robin, then, of course, you would think Kendrick Perkins is out of his mind. Now, what Perk is actually saying is when they need a bucket at the end of the game, Middleton is the guy who can get it for them. Now, that part of it is right. That part of it I do actually agree with. So um, I see both sides of the Batman-Robin debate i'm also just delighted that perk said on tv this morning don't knock robin he's still a superhero i don't know if anyone considers robin a superhero i've always liked robin i've I've been a robin fan we know do you believe robin like when mike and i did batman and robin on the show on halloween that one year which i think is still the best costume we ever did you know mike was batman and i was robin because it just makes sense based upon the way we look for him to be Batman, for me to be Robin. Right. And I kept saying all day, I'm the boy wonder. Yes, you did. And Several that, times. That led to a, a, a massive disagreement over... Mike didn't even think Batman was a superhero, which is insane. I'm willing to hear discussion as to whether or not Robin is a superhero. But one way or another, let me not now get sidetracked into the idiocy that sidetracked the television show this morning. The point is, Chris Middleton did everything that the Bucks needed him to do last night. Devin Booker was basically a one-man show for Phoenix. He personally outscored or individually outscored the other four starters for the Suns by himself with his 42. He should have fouled out of the game. They didn't foul him out. on If if, if they wind up winning that game and Mm. Booker plays huge in the last couple of minutes to do it, then that's the controversy of the entire playoffs, That the non-call on him. But it doesn't wind up mattering because they don't wind up winning. But right now, I think the biggest problem you have is that the Suns are getting big nights from one guy at a time, and last night the Bucks got a big night from two. This series, the old adage, it doesn't start until the road team wins a game, applies, so we will see. We'll see if there is anything to momentum in something like this as well. I'm not sure right now. I, my pick before the series was Suns in seven. Call me a prisoner of the moment. I'm start, I sort of feel now like Milwaukee's going to win. Wow. I, I do. I feel like they've kind of turned it a little bit in their direction. So we'll see. We'll get Eddie Johnson in here in a couple of minutes. We'll break down all the basketball, obviously, in what has been a very close series, but not a very great series. Last night, we finally got a classic game. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Meanwhile, there's just something. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. There's something I want you to know, and that is... I demand an investigation into something that happened to the greeny Google Doc yesterday. Nuno, Bubba, I need everybody's mic open for this because I I am conducting the investigation live on the air. We have a Google Doc 
Most people are familiar with those. It's a document that multiple people can edit and can add things to. And we put the show notes in it every single day. Everybody contributes. And yesterday, I asked the question on the show, what is the best totem in sports? And I typed in the options. Gold medal. I don't know if totem is really the right word to use. I don't want to confuse you. Like, what's the coolest thing you could get in sports? And I put in gold medal, green jacket, Heisman Trophy. Those were some of the options. And I awakened this morning to find that someone has added to it Tour de France yellow jacket, and then, in parentheses, Mayo jaune, <laughs> which is the French words for yellow jacket. So I demand to know two things. One, I demand to know who is it that thinks that the yellow jacket from the Tour de France is, belongs with the gold medal, the green jacket, and the Heisman. But more importantly, I need to know why that person felt the need to put the French translation into the Google Doc, the Mayo Jean. Nuno, did you do it? Was it you? I mean, you've got to know me over the last almost year that we've been doing the show. Do you think I would do something that way? I don't. I do not. So, but, 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 I mean, I need to find this out. Bubba. Did you enter the Tour de France yellow jacket, parentheses, Mayo Jean, into the greeny Google document? I mean, I absolutely did not do any such thing. So that leaves Devin. I'm, and, and, and Devin, we have made, Hembo and I were talking about this. If you did this, then I think one of two things has to happen. Mm. Either you must be expelled until the end of time, or you must wear nothing but a yellow jersey Every single day on the show, Devin, did you put Mayo Jean in the Google Doc? I did not, Greeny. I promise you. Okay, so we have a problem. Mm. Because I didn't do it, mm. and Hembo didn't do I it. I did not. So I don't know who else has access to the Google Doc. You're telling me it wasn't the person who wants to call Thursday R? Because that was my guess. The, I, I, yes, by the way, happy R. I checked with Hembo before the show. He didn't do it either. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so here's what's going to happen. Between now and noon, we're going to find out who did this. All right, we're going to conduct an investigation. Brandon is raising his hand. Brandon does not have access to the Google Doc. We are going to conduct a thorough investigation, and by the end of the day, we are going to find out who it was that felt the need to type in parentheses Mayo Jean, the French words for yellow jacket for the, which, for the Tour de France, into the greeny Google Doc. Okay, as we continue, we will do that. We will also get Eddie Johnson in on the finals, and Shefty drops another bomb on a team that could go from worst to first faster than any in the NFL. All that and more. Stay right where you are. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Eddie Johnson from Sirius XM NBA Radio and much more will join us in just a couple of moments here on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll have Paul O'Neill a little later talking baseball. Lots of hoops today. Again, that play was spectacular. Mm by Giannis last night. All that and more in 30 seconds after this time for some straight talk. We've all been there. You have some real work to do, but the free Wi-Fi where you're working isn't going to cut it. It's like leaving the winning runner stranded on third base. Not good. Well, now you can be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. Is Eddie ready to go yet, Bubba, or not so much? Not yet. All right, we'll have him shortly. So in the meantime, let me just cut to something else I was going to get to after him because I don't want to waste his time with it, but it is NBA-related. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. I'm going to offer some unsolicited advice here. The NBA and all of the NBA coaches don't need any advice from me, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Can we go back to dressing like someone's in charge in the NBA? What, what, what happened here? Like last year in the bubble, I get it. They told the coaches you could stop dressing up for games because, you know, I don't know, it's a pandemic. And I'm not even sure I understand why they did that. <laughs> but I guess, I guess I was more willing to cut everyone some slack at that point. But why the hell are the coaches wearing a quarter zip to an NBA Finals game? What's going on? Are they sneaking in 18 holes right before they get to the arena? Why am I watching Mike Budenholzer and I'm like, I can see his belly button. What the hell is going on here? When did we stop dressing like someone was in charge, like someone has to be the figure of authority at this thing? When did that person, why, why did this happen? Like there was a time when Bob Knight would wear a sweater to coach games and that was, that stood out. Because he was like the only one not wearing a sweater. And there was something, you know, like not too many people had inimitable dress on the sidelines in basketball. John Thompson had the, you know, the towel over his shoulder. Pat Riley wore the Armani suits. Bob Knight wore a sweater. Everybody wears a freaking jacket. I mean, is it, would it kill you to dress up to coach a basketball game? This bothers me to no end. Why, when, why is this happening? Nuno, do we have any insight into why this is happening? I, I I'm not even. I was about to say I get why they did it in the in the bubble, but I'm not even sure I get that. (laughs) I assume they traveled with a wardrobe, like they were living in a a real hotel. I think that he's on the phone with Eddie Johnson right now. This is a funny moment that I'm seeing on television right now. For those of you on the radio, Nuno is answering the phone, and I assume it's Eddie Johnson he's talking to, or something about Eddie Johnson. In the meantime, he can't hear me. So, Bubba, I'll come to you. What is your opinion, Bubba? of NBA coaches no longer wearing suits on the sidelines. Well, I do just want to bring this to your attention. As yeah. We're working fever- feverishly to get the audio. But on March 12th, yes. we had a green list yes. that was top five changes that you want to see right. post-pandemic. Right. And number... <laughs> What is going Two on? Two was basketball coaches wearing relaxed clothing. That's not true. Yes. There's no way I said we that. We are working right now no, and getting the audio. That's doctored. I'm telling you right now, if so, so it's doctored. I don't know what's going on here, but you seem to love old Budenholzer 
Back in March. It's baseball managers, I've been saying forever, should be wearing yeah, other clothing. you are loving the basketball. Baseball well, managers should not be wearing uniforms. There is, I do not need to see a 71-year-old man in a uniform. It's not like he's going to go out there and throw the seventh inning if everything goes badly. I don't need to see that, and I want to see the basketball coach. Or, or let me just say this. If I said that, two things. One, I said it under duress. I will explain what the duress was at another time. B... <laughs> that's not very good sub-indexing. One doesn't come, come before B. But either way, now that I've seen it, I've changed my mind. I reserve the right to change my mind. I've always felt that changing your mind is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of intelligence. It is a sign of open-mindedness. And I'm telling you, watching, do you are you telling me, Bubba, that as you watch these games, you're not thinking to yourself, wait a minute, where is the coach? Like, where did the coach go? And then I realized, oh, it's him. It's that guy standing there. <laughs> I mean, he looks like the trainer. You no, know, yeah, it takes you, I'll give you that. It's, you know, it takes you a quick second glance. You're like, wait, is that? Nope, that's him, yeah. And when I covered the Bulls, Chip Schaefer was the trainer. He wore a suit. <laughs> like, the trainer is wearing a suit. Like, why, 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 what is happening with this? I don't know, it's too informal and, for and me. And last night, Coach Bud was wearing, he was wearing a black half zip or quarter zip like you described without a logo on it gray pants he looked like he had just gotten fo- f- uh, fired after a a shift at the olive garden it, there's no, there's nothing different between him and the guy sitting in 17b and if, if I can, he's coaching the game <laughs> if i can buy the item at dick's sporting goods you shouldn't wear it on the side yeah I, I don't know i mean i so so if i said it I, you know what all i can, i take it back i take it back with with great um with great prejudice. It looks terrible. Yes, I don't like it. I, I think I think it is it is not a good look. Remember when they told the NBA players that they had to dress up to go to games if oh, they yeah. weren't playing? Like that was a whole thing. Yeah, then. that like was. The players that had was to David play. Stern. That was David then. Stern mm-hmm. yep. because Tim Duncan was showing up to games like in flannel shirts, <laughs> yeah. and, and and David Stern was like, you know, this is not the look that we want for our team. And now, like the NBA players are like a fashion show. I love it. The NBA players, nobody dresses better than they, at least puts more time, energy, and effort into it. But I mean, you know, the assistant golf pro should not be indistinguishable from the head coach of the basketball team. Do you think the tie is necessary? Are you okay with the dress? I'm willing to live with the open collar, I think, although I think I kind of missed that too. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, I dress, this is what I decided to wear. I wear, for all of you who are are listening on the radio and have never watched the TV show, I wear a jacket and an open collared shirt 99% of the days on Get Up. It just seemed, it's the morning, I wanted to be a little less formal than a full suit and tie. Mm -hmm. When I anchor Sports Center, I always wear a suit and tie, or when I did over the many years. Mike and Mike, we dress very casually, but A, Mike was just an, an enormously casual person, uh, and B, it was a radio show. We wanted to keep the vibe of the radio show even after it went on television. You know, I, we thought it would, it would actually detract from what we were doing if we were to dress like we were TV on TV. I see. It would detract from the experience that people would have of our radio show. Because you dress appropriately for the occasion (laughs) so i don't know i just saw something pop up on the screen was it that is that what bubba did you find it is that what just came up no No, all right so let let me move on are we not going to get eddie johnson uh no answer so no that at at this time no problem so let me (laughs) that was a a pr statement not at this time i'm sorry mr johnson has no comment uh, at this time (laughs) i mean i don't know what to say at this point I i feel like you know with Coach Bud, I feel like if he was a distinguished person, you would be all right with the collar. I think it's like if I was on the sideline, you'd be like, all right, you know what? You need a suit. 
No, I don't agree with that. He's I consider Mike Budenholzer to be a distinguished person. He's he's a distinguished, distinguished person. Distinguished looking person. I think he's a frumpy looking guy, right? <laughs> whoa, so, whoa, so it becomes whoa, like, whoa. hey, I don't have any faith in this frumpy looking guy coaching my whoa, basketball team. Whoa. Put his suit on and fool me at least. I think that's what it is. He's right. To me, I'm, I'm fine with Monty Williams doing it. So you're saying that the, your level of athleticism should determine how you dress to coach an NBA game. How did we get into this? You know who I blame for this? I blame Eddie Johnson. <laughs> because what should have happened here was I should have done 30 seconds of a straight talk read, and then we should have talked about the finals in a serious and distinguished way with Eddie Johnson. And his not answering the phone has completely sent us awry to the point that we are now having a ridiculous... We have insulted the appearance of an NBA head coach, which is completely unfair. Not like the rest of us are sitting here looking like, you know, a, a Brad Pitt. And, 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 you know, he's too frumpy now to wear that, so... I don't know. One way or the other, that's ridiculous. Let, let, let me go to the finals, and let me tell you something we saw last night. Let me give you a stat. Let me give you something that we saw last night in the NBA Finals that we had not seen in 20 years and something we had only seen a very small handful of times before, and it is a remarkable statistic. So last night, Devin Booker scored 42 points, and Chris Middleton scored 40 Did you know that it is only the fourth time in NBA Finals history that two opponents both scored 40 in the same game? And the list is royalty. It happened in 1969. Jerry West and John Havlicek both scored 40 in the same game. It happened in 1993. Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley Both scored 40 in the same game. And then it happened 20 years ago, Allen Iverson and Shaquille O'Neal, which is to say that any time this has happened, all of the players involved were first ballot Hall Mm. of Famers, like big room Hall of Famers. Like I've always said there were two different rooms in the Hall of Fame. There were the guys who belong there, and then there are the immortals. These guys are all in the immortal room. West, Havlicek, Jordan, Barkley, Iverson, Shaq. I don't need to give extra names. You know, every single, I only need six names to tell you who these six people were. And joining that list now are Chris Middleton and Devin Booker. Pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable performance from them last night. And the reality is that Middleton's ability to score late in the fourth quarter when the Bucks really need him is what won them that game last night. Chris Middleton won them that game last night. That and the honest play. And I'm not going to go back over all the Batman-Robin stuff here because I think that's the wrong analogy to use. Can I make one? Yeah. Giannis is Derek Jeter. Middleton is Mariano Rivera. Okay, I was going to say Mariano Rivera. I was going to use a different pitcher. I was going to use a starting pitcher. Andy Pettit. I was going to say he's Andy Pettit. Or or he's he's greater than Andy Pettit. He's Roger Clemens. He's Roger Clemens. You know, if you're going to use Mariano. Mariano is the best example. Or let's even just create a a fictitious world in in which Tom Seaver was pitching or or Nolan Ryan was Mm -hmm. pitching. An all-time great. Well, I guess Roger Clemens is that. I take it back. Roger Clemens is that. Roger, that's what it is. The analogy here is Giannis is Roger Clemens, and he's going to give you eight unbelievable innings, and then he's going to hand the ball to Mariano, and Mariano is going to close it for him. And that's what Middleton is. Here's the problem, and I like Chris Middleton a lot, but there has been a lot of conversation leading up to this 
about whether or not he's good enough to be the second best player on a championship team. He gave it to you last night. I mean, that was a spectacular performance, and he has been very clutch in these playoffs. And I feel pretty comfortable saying if Chris Middleton plays like that two more times, the Bucs are going to win the championship. Mm. But I'm not 100% sure he'll do it. The other big question mark here is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is an immortal. He is the point god. He is the guy who has the numbers that leap off the page at you. How many times have we talked about the games in which Chris Paul had 19 assists and zero turnovers? Last night, Chris Paul had as many turnovers as he had made field goals. He made five shots last night and turned the ball over five times. So I don't know, and and Tim Legler talked about it today. He's become an X-factor. You're not supposed to talk about Chris Paul as an X-factor. Chris Paul's supposed to be the best player on the team. In game one, he was. But I don't know if he's wearing down. I don't know if the shoulder is still bothering him and he just doesn't want to say it. I don't know if if there are any lasting impact to his stamina from COVID. I, I don't know any of that. But what I do know is he was bad last night, and he's going to have to play big. So the question is, who rises up? Devin Booker finally gave you the game. We told you yesterday, since the broken O's, he hadn't had a game in which he shot 50% from the floor. He had not been efficient. He was brilliant last night. Devin Booker, I think I'm comfortable saying Devin Booker was the best player on the floor last night, even inclusive of Middleton and Giannis. And he can continue to be that. Booker is a, I love him. Booker Mm. is a stud. So we'll see what he winds up doing from this point forward. But we got ourselves a good series after a really good game last night, and hopefully we will get a hold of Eddie Johnson because I really like him and I like his insight, and we'll get him shortly. Hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, and so every time Adam Schefter speaks these days, you say, I'm sorry, what? Like, Shefty is, again, I, I, t- I t- tell you all the time, I've known the man for 20 years. I consider myself the Shefty whisperer. I, I, I interpret the things that he says. So I'm telling you right now, Adam Schefter does not go on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia yesterday and say the following if there's not a little more to it than meets the eye. Again, the conversation is about Deshaun Watson You always have to compartmentalize. Deshaun Watson has been accused of some really terrible things. I obviously don't know the truth of what has happened there one way or the other. But if there comes a time when Deshaun Watson is fully eligible to play football, at this moment he remains eligible, we do not know what's going to happen, then the conversation about his being traded is a legitimate conversation to have on a sports show while always mentioning while these things hang above him that they are much more important than football one way or the other. That said, if the topic is going to be, is he going to get traded at some point soon? Adam Schefter, again, on 97.5 The Fanatic, said, where is this Schefter for it? Here, said this. I'm operating to the assumption that somehow this will be settled or he will serve his discipline for the league or whatever punishment he has coming, whatever's fair and just, once that is done, I just think that at that point in time, to me, the Philadelphia Eagles should be waiting. There's no team in the league with more draft capital than the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are more equipped to make a run at Deshaun Watson than any team out there. And that is what I meant when I said 
A team may go from worst to first faster than any other team in NFL history. And again, it is so uncomfortable having a football conversation around Deshaun while all this is out there. But the reality of it is, if he is exonerated, if he is eligible, whatever insert whatever word you choose, if he is the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, I could see them being in the Super Bowl in two years. In two years. Deshaun Watson is that good. I, we have largely forgotten because the conversation has taken a hundred twists and turns since that playing on an absolutely terrible team last year with one of the worst defenses in NFL history, Deshaun Watson had one of the best seasons in NFL history. He's a 25 year old who is as good as any quarterback in the NFL right now. And we talk about Patrick Mahomes and all these guys and who's the next best and the best biggest threat to him. And is it Dak Prescott? And is it Justin Herbert? Is he the next one and all that like Deshaun Watson is n- not a part of those conversations because of the external circumstances. And again, those are more important than anything that happens in football. But he's that good. So if he is on the Eagles, and I don't think it's completely out of the question that that could happen this season, certainly next season, then I think they could go from worst, which I think they right now are, in a bad division. I think the Eagles shape up right now to look like the worst team. I think they could go from worst to first that fast. I think he's that good. And we'll see how it winds up going. Now, I have been putting Russell Wilson there because of all the draft picks. And look, Jalen Hurts may wind up fooling me and everybody else, surprising, it's not fooling is the wrong word, surprising me and everybody else and playing great this year. And that's the best case scenario for the Eagles, that he turns out to be really good and you got him for a song as a second round pick. But if that doesn't wind up being the case, then I believe the Eagles will be one of the teams out there trying to get themselves one of these star quarterbacks who becomes available next year. And Deshaun Watson, I think, is at the top of that list, Russell Wilson is right there with him. We'll see how it goes. All right, really busy we are here. We're still trying to get to the bottom of this thing. We've got this, um, you know, really weird thing working here where someone felt the need to include the words Mayo Jean onto my bubba. I lost my, my, my law and order thing there. But, but, but we've got to continue that investigation as the morning goes on. And coming up next, the most powerful man in the sport says we are about to see huge changes to the game again. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You'll get to decide right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com. Or just stop on by. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny, rolling along with you here. Paul O'Neill will join us in our next hour. We'll try and uh, we have much more on the basketball last night. Again, Giannis with a play for the ages. I, I am 100% comfortable saying I think that is one of the greatest plays, individual plays that I've ever seen. And I think it goes with the greatest defensive plays in NBA history. Now, Havlicek stole the ball, and that won a championship. LeBron James has a, an epic chase-down block on Andre Iguodala, and that wins a championship. If this play doesn't lead to the Bucks winning a championship, it's going to be hard to compare it to those. But as far as degree of difficulty, it's mm. no comparison. No comparison. I mean, Havlicek stole a pass. <laughs> uh, there are like five remarkable things about this play. Th- yeah, it is. He, he, this is one of the greatest plays from a degree of difficulty standpoint, from a significance in the game standpoint, and who knows, maybe even sort of an uplifting your team mm-hmm. kind of standpoint. It is in a series that has had no momentum whatsoever. Maybe it provides a little jump start uh, for them as they go now. Again, we have two more days off here before we continue. This is Thursday. They don't play Friday. They play Saturday. Saturday night prime time on ABC will be when the next game is played. All right. In the meantime, I want to do this. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give the green light to Hembo. Second half of the baseball season starts tonight. One standalone game. It's on ESPN TV, Yankees, Red Sox, and everyone else gets back going tomorrow. Give me a thing or two every baseball fan should be thinking about Hembo. Right now, the Yankees are eight games back in the American League East. They're four and a half games back for the wild card in the American League. And like we've said, they own the most difficult schedule in baseball over the next two weeks. Those next two weeks, of course, precede the trade deadline. So I'm comfortable saying, Greeny, that the next two weeks are probably going to dictate the next two years for the Yankees, not just because it will determine you know, how good a chance they have to make the playoffs this year, but it could go a long way in determining whether or not some of the very core foundational players and people in the organization are here for the long term or not. So that's one note that we should be thinking about. Another team that could be in an entirely different way or with an entirely different vibe making Mm. those kinds of changes are the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs were one of the best stories in baseball for the first two months. They overachieved by all standards of measure, and then then they lost 13 out of 15. And we don't have to even really speculate. Their general manager, Jed Hoyer, said, for all intents and purposes, we are likely to be a seller. If indeed they are a seller, the the Cubs become the most interesting team in baseball over the next two weeks because that's a team that won the World Series five years ago and still has a loaded roster that they've not been able to capitalize building around with a bunch of guys that will be sort of rental pieces for potential contenders the rest of the way. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, uh, Baez, Craig Kimbrell. These are all name brands. These are all household names, and I wouldn't be surprised if they moved all of them. Here's the problem that causes, okay? That creates a problem for me in the house. I got a, I got a problem at home. Mm. So the wife, for those of you who may not know, is a Chicago girl. I met and married my wife during the time that I lived in Chicago, and she is a Cubs fan. And she was very excited when the Cubs won the World Series some years ago, and so her big shot sportscaster husband told her, honey, the, the news is even better than you think. This team is set up 
to be great for a decade. These guys are all young. They're brilliantly put together by this genius Theo Epstein. He's going to be there forever. These players, you're going to be in the playoffs every year, and this team is going to be in the World Series again and again and again, and you're going to win like three or four more championships over the next 10 years. And every now and again, she will look at me and she will say something to the effect of, you know, Michael, she calls me Michael when she's not happy with Uh me. You know, Michael, I can't help but notice the Cubs have lost 11 consecutive games (laughs) and and I'm really defenseless as they're now going to trade away Bryant and Rizzo and all of these guys that I thought were going to be the cornerstones of a, of a, a dynasty. For a decade. So I ask you, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> well, I'll tell you when I knew it happened. I knew it, it, it happened or would happen when Theo Epstein quit. When Theo Epstein quit and went on to go work for Major League Baseball, that signaled to me that this thing is absolutely over with. No general manager is going to leave his perch when his team has a chance to win a World Series. Theo Epstein's as brilliant a GM as we have ever come across, at least in the modern age, and he decided to jump ship before this season. It really happened this way, really, Greeny, because you know winning in baseball requires 100 good players in your organization, not just 5 or 10, and that's what happened to the Chicago Cubs. Well, but all those guys were homegrown, though. I mean, and young. Basically, the entire yeah. team was homegrown. They didn't have to mortgage anything to get them. Mm-mm. They made a couple of trades for a pitcher here and there, but outside of that, so that, that continued to shock me very quickly I mentioned that the most powerful man in the sport said a major change is on the way again that's Rob Manfred the commissioner who was on uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio with our buddy Chris Russo and said a huge change is coming they're going to get rid of the shift you know people feel that shifts have changed the game in a way that is not positive um, really affected left-handed hitters and, and offense and when they look at it they say this is not like changing the number of innings in a game the change would create a visual where people see baseball the way they were used to seeing it as opposed to having a short fielder in right field so yeah there's sentiment in favor of it there's no question about that now he was referring to the number of innings he said separately in that interview that they will likely get rid of the seven inning double headers Mm -hmm. and the extra inning you know guy on second base those were really covid um things and he doesn't want to change them in the middle of a season but those are going to change but are you in favor of eliminating the shift? I am in favor of eliminating the shift. I come from everything from a statistical perspective. So when I see these batting average plummeting and I see left-handed hitters hitting 200 when they put the ball in play, that's what I point to. But he made a really interesting point there. He said the game looks different when you have you know, players in short right field and such. And that made me think the aesthetics of baseball are more important to its fans than the aesthetics are in most sports to their fans. Baseball is something we've grown up watching our whole lives. And things, like he said, are just supposed to look a certain way. You're not supposed to see Manny Machado playing right center field, but we do almost every day now. Part of me wonders how much of baseball's perhaps slide over the last several years comes from things like that, like these things that we grew up uh, treasuring, the, th- the things that we grew up so familiar with are changing, and perhaps that's an angle that I have not considered enough myself. I don't agree with it, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because I think this is less, this could have been exciting. Sometimes things looking different can be awesome. Mm-hmm. The problem is everyone keeps hitting into it. If, if, <laughs> if you're allowing these guys to shift and everyone continues to hit into it, it becomes boring. But if it was really a 50-50 proposition and guys were going the other way all the time and it felt like a, a, a complex strategic move rather than an obvious thing to do, I think it would be more interesting. We'll continue that in a minute. ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.